It's time for the Hadit.com radio show. Hadit.com radio is an in-depth look at all things VA. If you need help with the VA, log on to Hadit.com. Now, here's your host, Gerald Cook. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, on this 24th day of December 2014. Uh, I hope you all are prepared for Christmas and and uh, had a very good year, and I hope next year's better for you. But anyway, we're going to talk today uh, uh, some of the good things that's had happened here at Had It. And we've had some good wins, and we've had a few disappointments, but uh, that's all right. Everyone seems to be holding holding together really well, and uh, 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 you do have a good support group. So the ones that's uh, had some good wins, uh, congratulations. John, how many... uh, Decent wins do you think we've had here at Haddett? Uh, Gerald, you kill through success stories and count them all. There's uh, been several. And, uh, you know, of course, it's uh, it's about time these folks get, you know, what they deserve. Some of them have been in, in the system for several years. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, by the way, the call-in number, if you have a testimony out here uh, on your win, uh uh, call in. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Our call in number is 347-237-4819. Now that call in number once again is 347-237-4819. So, uh, if you'd like to call in with a question or comment uh, or just to tell your story, we'd be glad to hear from you. So, um, yeah, we we have had some success stories, uh, uh, John, and and uh, you know some very deserving people has has uh, uh, finally got service connected uh, with some of their ailments and. But we, you know, we have a ways to go yet. But uh, all in all, I think it uh, it looks pretty good for added members. Yeah, it does look pretty good for added members, Drew. They, you know, of course they they found the right place to help them with the claim advice, you know, and it's just a pretty good has always been a good resource for veterans to. You know, kind of learn and uh, see what to do when you have your claim. So it's always out there. Um, had its grown membership now. Um, we started out, uh, I guess, the year uh, over ten thousand. Now we're up. Uh, I think we're pushing uh, thirteen, thirteen thousand. Uh, yeah, it's moved right on up. And, so. Uh, we're glad for the new members and, and, and coming aboard, and uh, certainly hope they get the benefit, full benefit of that. Uh, what it's uh, uh, been structured to do, help them with their their claims process, and, and uh, uh, 
Uh, so they're not so apt to make as many mistakes as we all did when we first got going. Uh, uh, that's that's important. Cut down on your mistakes, and you'll fare much better dealing with the VA. You will. You'll fare a lot better dealing with the VA. You know, I mean, it's uh, in all respects to the VA. You know, they've got uh, a big job to do. You know, when a veteran files his claim, you know, it's uh, it's up to the veteran to provide the evidence of his claim. And how that claim is written, it, it determines, uh, you know, what the outcome will be, um, provided the VA plays, you know, plays ball and helps the veteran out. You know, a lot of times they won't, but, uh, you know, the better organized the veteran is with his claim, the better chance he has of getting a quick service connection. You know, quick means, quick being within a year. <laughs> or or long. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, pay attention uh, uh, to these statement of cases now. They can help you tremendously uh, if you just adhere to those and, and try to accommodate them. They ask you as a rule, uh, uh, they say what they feel is wrong with your claim, what the evidence is missing, and, and it gives you a clue what you need to be hunting up. Uh, to support your claim, and so uh, uh, d take advantage of that, what they're telling you, whether you agree with it or not, uh, uh, address each issue in there that they discuss. Each issue. Each issue, yes, sir. Line at them. Yeah, so, uh, but... Uh, They've been pretty good about that. You know, the VA is a good place in general. Um, the hospitals especially, you know, they take care of people. And, uh, uh, you know, all in all, the hospitals have done a good job. I know there's been a lot of mistakes, and and they had that trouble out in Arizona, and they've had that trouble elsewhere, you know, uh, trying to get scheduling it seemed like usually always an issue with scheduling, uh, but uh, if you're in a larger uh, uh, VA where they have a lot of veterans, uh, then there's usually issues, but uh, uh, that's, uh, but all in all, I think uh, the VA's done pretty good with the medical staff. Uh, most of them I've dealt with, I've had really good luck. Uh, now some out there don't. Uh, there's some, you know, bad eggs and good ones. Uh, you you want to get the good ones, uh, but if you draw a bad one, you just have to try to work your way around them somehow. you got to keep fighting yeah. <laughs> no, they've done a pretty good job this year as far as, you know, treatment and things like that. They've had some issues in Phoenix scheduling. Fiasco was a, a black eye for the VA. Um, that thing cost several folks their job. Anytime you've got a system that's got money involved, folks are going to try to find a way to cheat to get that money. 
and that's the same as their bonus system. So they were trying to manipulate the system in order to get bonuses, which is free money. So to them, yeah. So, but that's just their their nature. And another issue we've had is a lot of remands and, uh, oh, boy, uh, these yeah. remands can be good, and but they're time-consuming. Uh, I wish there was a, a alternative to remands. Uh, they could settle, sit down and settle the issues that they're... they're uh, having problems with without remanding it back. Uh, I believe it would help cut back on the backlog, actually. I really would think that would work if they would, instead of sending it back the, the well, that's That's true. You realize a remand is either by the BVA or the court, so that means you're already in the appeal process stage, and that stuff's not even considered on the backlog. You know, the backlog is just active claims. Yeah. Once they, you know, once they send a claim to the BVA, it's considered uh, done by the regional office, and they don't have a. They give you numbers, and they can tell you the importance and what, how many, what percentage of claims, and the number of claims they've got off the books, and uh, of course they count that in their goals. That's kind of uh, basically manipulative too, because. You know, once they put the claim off their books, doesn't necessarily mean that claim's been awarded. It just means that uh, it's out of their hair. It's been shipped off somewhere. Or it's gone to the appeals process. So you have to watch yeah, the numbers. They, uh, t- tendency to have a have a uh, you know uh, keep the UPS trucks running. Uh, they're moving these claims from one place to another, and a lot of times. I think it's just additional delay tactics. Um, uh, so, well, they've uh, changed. The pro- should be changed, uh, as far as I'm concerned. They should uh, wherever the claim uh, is introduced is where it should end. You know, be dealt with. But, right. Well, you know they've got the fully developed claims process now for the veteran. He's got his uh, act together and his documentation. You can take full uh, advantage of that if you're filing a claim. You know, I just was awarded 10% on uh, tendonitis. And in that award letter, they stated that they uh, treated it as a fully developed claim or something I never mm-hmm. did quite understand that, uh, why they would do that, but they that did. Was a, and that was one of the first uh, full developed Q claims I've seen, Gerald, and did, he did a pretty good job on that. Yeah, uh, it was a Q claim, and mm. how the VA classified it as a fully developed claim, I don't know. I guess... Uh, I guess even my Q claim can be fully developed. I don't know. As long as you've got the, long as you've got the information, yeah. 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 Um, so. So, uh, you know, there's some strange, strange happenings out here. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
lightning strikes every day. <laughs> Somewhere. Get, uh, you owe them a, a, 
I tell you, a debt of gratitude because they've they've really busted their hind ends and they've made several trips to Washington, numerous trips to Washington, and and testified in the committees and and uh, done an awful lot of work on it. Uh, my hat's off to them. Yeah. And but that involves a lot of uh, uh, veterans too, uh, Navy veterans, John. Uh, I don't know yeah. how many, how many uh, thousand, but uh, there's quite a few of them that have been affected with all that. There's several, several. I mean, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. His uh, brother served. I guess it's on the USS Banner. It's a, uh, it was a AGER. It's an auxiliary ship, but it's uh, the same class as the Pueblo that got captured in North Korea. Oh, yeah. It's a small ship, about 177 feet long. And uh, I guess they were more of an intelligence gathering ship. Of course, now their movements, I guess, were tracked and classified. So folks in this ship are having a hard time getting service connection for their Vietnam service. <laughs> well, it's, uh, it don't seem right at times, and a lot of times it's not right. It's, uh, it's really a shame uh, if a veteran was there and the agents were there, You know, they ought to be able to put two and two together. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I I believe the DOD or the VA is privy to all that information that uh, is required for a veteran to be successful in their claim. Uh, That's true. But yet they don't want to furnish it. Uh, that's something I've never been able to uh, get through my head, uh, other than the fact that they just don't want to. Uh, veterans were harmed, and and they don't want to pay the price to take care of them. Well, that's what it seems like, you know. Um. They need to, I guess they're trying to wait till everybody dies off that was involved so they can come out later on 20 years down the road and say, oh, we did this, we made a mistake. No. That well, seems to be the way they do things. Yeah, that's what they've been doing uh, with the, uh, uh, look, look back at the uh, uh, veterans they used in the atomic testing. Uh, mm-hmm. They did them that same way. Uh, horrible. There's a big difference there, Gerald. During the atomic testing, it was the, you know, the crossroads and Trinity test, or actual uh, use of the bomb. They didn't know what the effects of the fallout and radiation were going to be. You know, of course, they had these, you know, Bob Oppenheimer and these smart scientists for trying to figure out what was going to happen. But uh, they didn't know the effects of radiation would have on people, so they had the they started occupying Hiroshima and Nagasaki, and these folks started getting sick. And uh, even the test out to uh, out in the bikinis when they dropped the first, uh, I guess, the Baker blast, uh, 
when they put it underneath the surface. Uh, they had two tests. The first one was an air burst. It didn't do the job because a lot of ships remained afloat. And a lot of these sailors went back to their ships after the test and lived on board up to two weeks on board these ships. And you know that was deadly. Yeah. That was deadly. And uh, so uh, they didn't know, you know, the results of that. And they finally started getting their act together, you know, as far as keeping people protected. And uh, when they finished up the test, they had that, uh, I guess, the Bravo blast, which is the biggest bomb ever exploded. It was hydrogen. That thing was so bad that it crawled, it, it craved a, it put a crater two miles down. <laughs> and uh, it threw sediment and, and sea, sea sediment up in the upper reaches of the atmosphere. And uh, so those tests were, I guess, were necessary, you know, because you have to determine what the power is. And it was also a test to show Rush, you know, not to bother us or don't mess with us. You know, we've got this and you don't have this. And kind of like the biggest kid in the block, you know. Yeah. So, but uh, then they start testing the results of nerve gas, which nerve gas has been around since before World War One. You know that, don't you? Yes. So they've had plenty of time to do tests on that already. I don't know what they're doing, test our troops with VX in the 1960s. Yeah. Uh, in my opinion, they didn't need to do that. But uh, uh, they thought they was going to be using it in Vietnam. I know that. Or they wouldn't have been testing it. Anyway, they mentioned that they were testing it. And I was uh, just uh, talking to uh, a guy th- uh, the other day, a neighbor officer. He was telling me that uh, there in the Middle East, a, a lot of them uh, mines, I guess in Iraq or one of them places there, uh, there at the Gulf War, they found a lot of them mines that were loaded up with sarin and mustard gas. Uh, and uh, that's what we were using uh, mm. in the test. I thought the uh, government said there was no, they couldn't find any WMDs over there. Yeah, well, they hmm. had. So, well, uh, should tell the truth. Because uh, that 
that's going to blow whatever direction the wind's blowing, you know. That's right. That wind's always changing directions. So, Especially in the desert. Yeah, you contaminate your own personnel. <laughs> uh, that was a big mistake. I don't know why they couldn't uh, have brought in one of them... Uh, incinerators. Yeah, incinerators and, and destroyed it properly. Burning it certainly was not the answer. It's all about money. Those incinerators are expensive. They just built one here. And it's very expensive. Well, yeah, I know they are, but uh, look at the lives. This, this, what they did over there is costing, you know, in, in the... Well, maybe they don't figure lives work very much. Well, when they look at you like a number instead of like a human being, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, and that's the problem. The human factor has been removed. So, you're just a number. And it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, I guess they call that uh, risk risk assessment. Yeah. So. I don't know what it is, but it's, mm-hmm. it's ugly for some people. Poor veteran, he's the one paying the price. Yep. And their families. But anyway, uh, you know, uh, all in all, there it had it. We've we've had some pretty good luck uh, on uh, winning claims. Uh, uh, the membership uh, kind of pulls in there together and helps one another, and and it does cut down on lost time. And we we have uh, had some good success. So yeah, uh, we have. We're certainly keep, pleased with that. Keep up the good work, folks. <laughs> yeah, let's hope we can do better next year. Uh, yeah. Even better. Uh, and I think it, as membership even continues to grow, it's going to be better. Uh, yes. Uh, we're getting, uh, now we're getting some of the golf war bets interested and had it, and, and you're uh, coming back from the Middle East, Iraq, and uh, different places, uh, coming on board, and that's uh, going to help. Uh, most of them, uh, uh, those veterans, seem to have a a uh, better understanding of what went on or or, or stuff. We did when we got out of the service. Are better educated at uh, what they should do next. You know, we didn't know. We had no idea. You know, we were just you know young and invincible at the time. You know, young and dumb. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, had we known, see, we could have uh, because. Uh, a lot of us were showing uh, ailments well within the first year of getting out of the service. Uh, I don't know why they applied that rule, uh, because some of this uh, ailments uh, takes uh, quite a few years to manifest itself, such as uh, uh, asbestos in your lungs. Uh, 
Well, you know, we started off 2014. We had uh, Shinseki was the uh, secretary of the Department of Veteran Affairs. I think he had really good intentions, and had, you know, and was trying to help fix the system. But there were some folks uh, not too far away from him that were, uh, I guess, manipulating the system because uh, I don't know if he was uh, railroaded or blindsided, but it looks to me like he was, you know, as to some stuff that were shenanigans that were going on. And uh, he ran into roadblocks trying to get things fixed, and they kept, I guess, going around him and upending him. And uh, he finally got one guy to resign, but he was the damage had already been done. So he resigned his post, and uh, I don't know if he retired or what happened to him. But he, you know, I really liked him. He's a pretty good guy. Then they brought in Mr. McDonald, the old Procter and Gamble CEO. To fix the system because that's when Phoenix, the shredder, or the Phoenix scandal came out with the folks scheduling patients and showing they were scheduled and made their appointments and actually wasn't, and veterans did die over this. And uh, it became public news. So Shinshiki got out, McDonald came in, and uh, he fired, I guess, the VA director of Phoenix. Of course, it took them several months to fire. They paid her for a long time before they got rid of her. And then uh, I guess other folks are getting fired, too. Uh, you know, you don't see that in the news, I mean, so I mean, what the fallout is. Of course, the congressional hearing is coming back. When they come back in January, we'll be able to we'll be able to get numbers and see what actually happened there. And uh, But Bob has been pretty good so far. You know, he's been personally involved in a few claims that I've seen. And he's just ran a lot of interference and got a lot of, you know, he's cut a lot of red tape for veterans, which is a good thing. You know, I think some folks on Haddock's actually had some success contacting his office and uh, they've got replies back and they've got some actual help. But uh, that's not going to last too long because once the cat's out of the bag, once the cat's out of the bag, the, the rest of the world's going to start calling and then the bag's going to get full again. You know what I mean, Gerald? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah right. he, he has done right by several veterans there at Hatton. And uh, <clears throat> I think that's a, a wonderful thing, too. Uh, you know, at least it's showing that he's he's willing to, to uh, help the, uh, a poor veteran out here. And... and uh, <clears throat> I know several that's been helped uh, by him that uh, are not even members that had it. And uh, uh, they've had good luck communicating with him. So uh, this this guy might be okay if, you know, if, if he don't get too many people leading him astray. And uh, obviously he... He's well aware that uh, 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 you know you're only as good as the people that's working for you, and if he's got some bad eggs in there, I hope he he's able to call them out and, and put them on down the road and put some decent people in there that'll help do the job. That's true. That's true. Hope you can do it. 
Yeah, that. Uh, yeah, you're right about Shinseki. He, uh, he did have good intentions. He was just being misled, and and uh, uh, he had a bunch of scoundrels there he'd surrounded himself with, thinking that he was getting good information, and he really wasn't. And by the time he realized uh, how bad the situation was, he decided that he, he should move on. Uh, yeah, he had the end of his rope. <laughs> yeah, well, the poor guy, you know, <laughs> it I don't think the mail was getting through to him or something. Uh, he, he just wasn't finding out. But I believe Bob, now, he, he shows, like, he, he's willing to get out there and he'll he'll go to places. He he'll wants travel. to know what's going on. And I really he'll like travel. that about him. So. Oh. He'll travel. He's been to different VAs, and that's good. Yeah. No, I don't know if he goes to the regional officer or not, but he goes to the hospital, so I think he needs to go to both. Oh, yes, I agree. Uh, you know, he he's willing to put hands on and get out there and, and say, hey, uh, this is not right. Uh, you need to do this or that, or you're going to correct this issue. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, that, a good point that came out with old Gerald is uh, when they had this issue going, the VA, the congressman got the, the VA, and they came out with this, uh, I guess it's like an access card. If you've been so many months from your last appointment or something like that, then they come out and they give the veteran access card to where a veteran can go outside and get treatment and have it paid for. Uh, word of yeah. ca- word of caution on that card. If you go somewhere to get treated and you call, they're supposed to call the VA and uh, get an authorization. Yeah. So I haven't seen any problems, but uh, if you folks have tried to use this and couldn't use it, just let us know. You know, just uh, put a post on hand what happened, things like that, so we can see you know how how it's actually effective or not. You know. Well, that's right, uh, because that's a good, that card's a good thing. It really helps veterans. Uh, uh, see, if you live over 40 miles away from a clinic or, or what, a hospital, mm-hmm. uh, VA hospital, then you, you should be entitled to one of these cards. Now, I don't know if you have to be service-connected a certain percentage or not, in order to, to get that, mm-hmm. uh, but I know on mine I had a sleep study that wasn't uh, uh, done at the VA, done at the local hospital here, and mm-hmm. uh, same way with my last uh, hearing test, uh, they sent me to the local uh, he- uh, uh, hearing where they done my uh, actually it's CMP for my hearing. Yeah, well that's a CMP exam or a fee basis too, you know. I mean, yeah. That seemed to work out pretty good in your favor though. Well, it well, did. Part of it did. 
I gave you a craft single to the whole pack, but at least you got a single piece, you know. Jeez. Yeah. And you had to unwrap that to open it up. Yeah. Well, that actually should be a good thing. It should be a good thing, so. But, you know, all good things come to an end. That's not going to last too long.
on a doctor uh, and it had to be four years, sign up for four years or something? No, I forget the numbers. Uh, six years or something like that. Yeah, medical school is expensive. <laughs> yeah. Very expensive. So they do it for uh, other medallions too. I know they have a. Uh, I know a gal that uh, was working at the VA. She was a clerk, but she'd been to school, and uh, they offered an internship for the radiology program. And she jumped all over that, and was the only one qualified, and she got the program. So they paid her college. And uh, when she got out of college, you put her to work in radiology. So she goes from a GS4 to a GS9 in just a couple of years, you know. That's good. Yeah, so. But, uh, you know, they have got good programs out there for employees. You know, it's you don't see it too often, but you see that. Uh, uh, what else have the VA done this year, Gerald? They've... Uh, well, they've had one issue after the other, but I think this access court's a good thing. They've implemented a new system now to when you send your evidence and stuff in. You've got just two places. You've got one east and one west. You've seen that, don't you? Yeah. Uh, I haven't made up my mind yet about that uh, because they have so many other centers, Nashville Resource Center and then the Appeals Management Center and then they got these two places. Uh, I guess they just where you send your information, they segregate it out however they want. I don't know. I guess they're scanning and putting the computer into. Well, that's the only thing I can take. They're scanning and putting the computer, and so they're making the claims file electronic, which helps. Yeah. Yeah, that helped. Mm. You know, because it's, I mean, it's hard on a guy. If you're looking through 10,000 pieces of record to find a little piece of evidence, it's going to take a while. <laughs> yeah. It, you, got that stack on your, you got that stack on your desk, and you're required to find something here about every other week, and it's a hassle for you to find it. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's a hassle. Yeah. I but I want to tell you something. Good. If you can find it as quickly as you do, then they'll be able to find it in just a matter of minutes. So well, that's what they need. They got to. Uh, that could be a good thing, John. Uh, two places send your information. How long is it going to be before these two places uh, are overloaded? That's a good know. question. Uh, the only no known factor about this, Gerald, that we'll know is the element of time. <laughs> <laughs> Does it change the time, shorten the time? Yeah, uh, the element of time. How long does it take? Uh, they claim it's supposed to. Uh, I guess time will tell. I mean, we'll know soon enough. It's time versus budget. Uh, if if uh, if you're not gaining any time, whenever you have to wait two or three years in the appeals process, there's something wrong. 
Yeah. And, uh, and he should be able to cut that time down. Well, they should be able to. And there's also issues, too, like you folks that were uh, involved in some testing and things like that, that uh, it's an ugly period in time, especially like Project 112 and Shad. And, you know, those veterans were... Uh, tested with nerve gas, nerve agents, and all kind of different stuff. But uh, there's no communication with the DOD and the VA on those issues. Of course, so VA asked the DOD for information, the DOD will say, no, we can't give that to you. Yeah, you know, that's I mean, fine. It shouldn't be now. That's a done deal. But you know, it's a done deal. That's fine. Uh, that's we'll been a major hurdle. That's just the way. That's what the veterans are up against, those hurdles. And it's hard for a double amputee to make it over a hurdle, Jerome. Well, it is. Mm hmm. Sure is, so. That's the way it is. But keep fighting. That's all you can do. Uh, yeah. Just keep fighting them. Try to be certain your information's all up to date always, and uh, mm -hmm. if you learn something new, uh, don't hesitate to send it in. As long as it's in the claims process or field process, you can add additional information. Mm -hmm. So, anything new in the uh, regulatory side of the VA? Have they changed any laws this year? They implement a uh, new PTSD regulation to where you, was it last year? That, uh, they were trying to do something with PTSD and t uh, tra traumatic brain injuries. Yeah. I think they're trying to streamline those somewhat. Uh, I know. There's uh, a, they've got a new special monthly compensation code for TBI. Yeah. So I don't know how it's going to affect, but if you've got a pretty serious TBI and there's a special level SMC that uh, it's SMCT for TBI. I haven't seen it in the ratings yet, so we'll have to see, you know. Well, but, that's uh, good because, you know, that have, uh, a traumatic uh, brain injury is... Uh, that's a rough one because mm -hmm. there's many different levels of damage that, you know, you can have on your brain. I don't know mm -hmm. how they test them, but I guess they have a way of doing that. My biggest uh, fear is that uh, when you go into service and you come out uh, and you get an injury like that, they're going to ask you one question. Did you play high school football or sports? And you're going to say, yes, well, that's where your injury happened. Yeah. Yeah, that's what they do, too. Mm hmm So, yep, it's just stacking the deck against a veteran before he even gets the cards out of the box. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, Gerald? Yeah, I do. <laughs> uh, oh, 
we have a caller in there, a 303. Uh, caller, would you like to uh, have a question or a comment? Ooh. I don't hear them anyway. Be sure their speaker's on. 303, 308. And uh, I never, uh, in September of 13, I went down with a heart attack and had to have a triple bypass and aortic valve replaced. Uh, at that, then I filed a, uh, sent the paperwork, filed a claim on again on my ischemic heart disease. Uh, I waited, never heard from them, uh, was unable to get any answers, and uh, I talked to you folks uh, like in the middle of November, and uh, you suggested I uh, send an email to Bob McDonald, mm -hmm. uh, which I did. Uh, and uh, the 1st of December, on the 8th, I ended up... Uh, in the hospital again, I had to have a pacemaker and a defibrillator put in my heart. Uh, I returned home the 10th, and sure enough, there was a letter or a, a message on my answering machine from the Cleveland VA, who I deal with, uh, and requested that I give them a call as soon as possible. So... Uh, on the 11th, I called him and uh, talked to Sonia, who was a supervisor, and she advised me that uh, they had reviewed my claim, and they were going to give me back pay uh, back to 08, that they were going to give me 100% uh, disability with uh, MSCS. MSCS. Yeah. Uh, it's gonna So... At this point, uh, I'm just kind of waiting on the check to come, but uh, I wanted to let you know that uh, that was good advice, uh, that Bob uh, responded right away, and I was rather surprised. But the lady, uh, this Sonia, uh, apparently had the email, and she read part of it back to me, and uh, everything I put in there, she was... Uh, she. Uh, was correct. So at this point, uh, I'm just like I said, I'm waiting on my check. But I have uh, one question. Uh, mm -hmm. Do you think that I need to refile for my uh, defibrillator? For my uh, no. Don't worry. No. Okay. No. Once you get 100% for a heart condition. Yeah. Because uh, your ejection fraction is already so low, you probably want 100%. There's two ratings. One's for a pacemaker, and the other's for a defibrillator. Okay. Um, defibrillator itself, but what they'll do is see you're only allowed to be rated for the body's, like for example, the heart. They'll give you yeah. the highest rating. They won't pyramid them. They won't add them together. Okay. And you got that in SMCS. You're probably as high as you're going to go unless you lose an arm or a leg. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm right. Well, I'm, uh, I was already 60% for, for mm -hmm. uh, PTSD and sugar and uh, myopathy and uh, tinnitus. So, okay, so uh, you, your scheduler and your scheduler is probably 160% or more for your ratings. Right, so, yes. Yeah. But uh, you need to enjoy what benefits you get. Now, make sure you go. Uh, are you retired military? 
Uh, no, no, I'm not retired. You, you live in you live in Cleveland. I live south of Cleveland. Yeah. And, Where's your nearest military base? Uh, Rickenbacker in Columbus. Okay, go ahead and uh, go on. Also. Do you, oh yeah, Wright Patterson. Yeah. Now, do you yeah, have uh, right, Pat? You got access to e benefits. Do you use e benefits on a computer? Do you go in there? Yeah, right. Yeah, I go to e benefits. Go, go to the download letter section. They've got a letter that they've probably written you already that gives you your MWR card, your commissary privileges. Print that letter off. Take it and take your wife. You know, and uh, your copy of marriage license down to the base. Okay. They'll give you and your wife an ID card, a military ID card. And you can use okay. that card to get on base and go shop with the commissary and exchange and all kinds of good benefits with it. Okay. <clears throat> you know, they, that's did, something you uh, do. they did say in their letters they're going to reevaluate me in uh, April. So they're going to, probably April 1st, they're going to take another look at, look at me. So. Uh, okay. Uh, that, so, go ahead and write an NOD for that. You can nod that and then. So, uh, well, what your, that if, the exam or the uh, that's they're going to reevaluate you. That means they're trying not, they're trying to get away with giving you a permanent total rating. Okay. So what you need to do is NOD that, show them that you've got the defibrillator, and uh, okay. I'm thinking they'll change that tune real quick. Understand? Yeah. So yeah, that'll help you out there, too. So just, if they call me in, just take all that stuff with me and give it to them then. Yeah, and then when, have you got your letter? Have you got your award letter? Have you got Have you got the letter in the mail yet? No, I haven't got the letter in the mail. I'm just, uh, I'm just going by what she had told me over the phone. When you get the letter, look at it, see what it says about your, uh, about about the re-exam and the permanent total status of your claim. Okay, yes, okay. I'll wait on that, see where that's yeah. at, yeah. That might be the next little battle you got to fight, but it's, it won't take too long for them to come around. So, okay. Uh, one other comment, uh, you know, if there's anyone out there that's listening uh, that's dealing with the Cleveland VA, uh, this Sonia uh, was a great lady to talk to, very conscientious, very apologetic for not, for what, happened to me and and uh so if anybody needs to talk to someone if we have problems they call her 216-522-3530 extension 3210 uh i'm sure she talked to you and and helped you with your claim uh, like i say she's very conscientious and uh was very apologetic and uh and uh said that they was going to make sure i was taken care of so so uh, That's good. just that little kid bit for him, and, and maybe it'll help someone else. Well, buddy, I tell you what, thanks for calling the other day, and I'm glad we got to help you. Yeah, it worked out just yep. fine. Yep. Okay, so. thank you all for your information, your help, and Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. All right, thank you, buddy. Thank you. Oh, bye. Well, now, see, that's a nice success story. Yep. That's a good success story. Uh, that's the way it should be. That's what, yeah, you're right. That's yep. the way it should be. And he called and he got someone that assisted him in, in 
and then got the situation squared away. Otherwise, and it wouldn't have. And it was it this last month he called, Gerald. Yeah, I know. I remember. Yeah, so. Uh, uh, yeah. Nice fella. He he. And uh, you know, he, he took out information and, and dealt with it, and he got a whole nice person there that worked with him. Uh, that's all it takes. It's just someone to work with you. Well, you know, Bob's sitting on top. Bob's sitting on top of the hill, and you know, you know what rolls downhill, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you know, it's a good thing he did. It, he could have been fighting that for how long? Yeah, hey, really. Well, having a defibrillator put in—that's pretty serious stuff. That is serious stuff. Very serious stuff. So, I mean, it's a real, I'm tickled to death. Tickled to death. That's another success story. It's also proof that Bob's uh, doing his job. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So. That's a good story. Girl, I, I hate to say this, all good things must come to an end. It's Christmas Eve. Uh, oh, I tried, yeah. Yeah. So you guys have a good Christmas, and uh, you know, don't uh, don't don't shoot Rudolph this year. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, deer hunters out there. <laughs> Yeah, we're out. We can run over about a minute. Okay. I can do the let show ending. There's disclaimer. Let let drill take us out and then do that. Well, ladies and gentlemen out there, have a great Christmas. And if you're traveling, travel safe. Uh, pay attention to what's going on around you. Don't get in no hurry. It's better be late than never. Uh, so... Take your time, be courteous out there on the roads, and uh, enjoy your Christmas time here. That's what it's for. So, this will be Gerald Cook. Uh, thanks, John Stacy and, and uh, Stretch. Uh, we'll be signing off for now. You've been listening to the Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio Show, sponsored by Hadit.com. All opinions expressed here are the opinions of the individuals appearing on the show and are not the opinions of Hadit.com or Blog Talk Radio. Tune in next time for another edition of Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio and the Ask Basher Show. Yeah, and Merry Christmas to T-Bird and Hadit. Bye.